The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining me, whether it be live or on demand. Our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and engage in a lifestyle that regenerates their body, mind, and spirit. And for our discussion today, we have a co-host, Yancey Wright, and a guest, Joel Burrow, who are actually very good friends. So we're trying something a little different and fun for today. Our co-host, Yancey Wright, is founder and CEO of Alternavita, which provides healthier lifestyle solutions for current and future generations. Alternavita currently organizes restorative and regenerative retreats in Puerto Rico, which you can learn more about by clicking on the banner on the Gen R Voice America homepage that shows Yancey immersed in a waterfall. You can't miss it. You can also learn about Yancey's long-term vision for Alternavita by turning into the Generation Regeneration Show On Demand from January 13th, 2015, when he was a guest. Welcome back, Yancey. It's great to have you here as my partner in crime. Thanks for the introduction, Sandra. I appreciate it. It's always fun to be able to introduce someone you know well. Uh, Joel and I met several years ago as he was beginning the transition into shamanic work uh, on more of a professional level. And over the years, it's been a real pleasure and often an adventure to co-create rich, authentic experiences that help people work through their life challenges. I really enjoy collaborating with Joel as a primary practitioner on our alternative to retreats because he, he knows how to really connect with people and help them get to their, to better see their true potential. Joel studied with many great teachers over the years uh, from all over the world, ranging from people here directly in Puerto Rico to a number of folks in South America, Peru, um, but his knowledge really comes from deep within. And so working with him on, whether in person or remotely, is, uh, is a real gift. Welcome to the show, Joel. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you, Joel, for joining us. This is wonderful to have you. And I've featured shaman and medicine woman Renee Reed on the show in November and December of last year, and then more recently in March of this year, where we discussed her development as a shaman and the type of work that she does. And you can check out those shows on demand if you miss them. And one thing that I observed is that although we may associate shamans with ancient tribal societies, the work of shamans today is really more relevant than ever because shamans possess an understanding of the interconnectedness of all things and a deep reverence for all of the embodied and spiritual beings around us. 
Interconnectedness and reverence have been lost to a great extent in our society. In our ego-driven pursuits of money, power, and comforts, we do abuse many living creatures around us and separate ourselves from the natural world, as if we were above it. And this separation and abuse only comes back to harm us, as we can see with the many chronic diseases and dysfunctions in our society. So Joel, your work as a shaman is critically important in my opinion, as gifted healers like you shine the light on the path, which takes us back to the connected, reverent, respectful selves that we truly are. So now let's get started, and I am going to hand over the floor to Yancey and Joel to discuss Joel's journey up to this point, because this is a path they've walked together. Yancey, take it away. Joel, I was wondering if maybe we could start out with you sharing just a bit of your story, uh, how you got where you are with the work you're doing. Uh, In other words, have you always had a sense that you were supposed to do this type of work, or were there specific major life events that inspired a shift towards this path of shaman? It's a great question. Thank you, Yancey. Shamanism for me has been my entire life, but since I can remember talking with the elements, uh, working with nature, working in the spiritual world, integrating this way of life in an everyday practice. Uh, More and more, I've been called gradually to work heavily involved with more of the spirits of love and compassion, work the way of the heart, the path, and being able to connect in this beautiful way uh, not only within, but all of the radiance that is around. And so throughout the different avenues that I've been blessed to work and learn and grow, the different teachers has brought me to the place where it's time to hear the calling and rise to the place of service, which in my particular position is to work with the space of love and compassion. And through that avenue, all of this opportunity starts yielding itself and there's been many life experiences uh, that I've been having the opportunity and the joyous occasion to rise and walk through people with from simple illnesses to, you know, some serious spaces of walking them to the crossing stage of their life. So all of these little and big traumatic experiences for individuals have allotted me the space to grow deeper, not only into where I come from, not only to help the life bridge for this world and the other world, but also to give to all that gives to us that we're here. That's a great response, Joy. Um, I'm curious if you could expand a little bit further on uh, the point at which you finally decided to move away from your primary job, which a lot of us struggle with, is to make the shift in a career to something that's more aligned with our soul purpose. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I definitely think balance is in order with that space. Uh, At the end of the day, when you go to bed, if you are dreading getting up in the morning, it's time to make a change. And even if you enjoy what you do for a living, but you hear that there is some other place to serve in the great waters of life and it's time to go swimming, you need to make this leap. And there's no right, there's no wrong. You don't have to, but why not? Why not go to a space and expand beyond your comfort and see what is going to birth. And from that birth, all that yields and bounty that's able to be harvested for lineages to come. So for me, you know, I've done definitely a lot of different things for a living and I've enjoyed my careers, which have all allowed me to be where I am today. So I feel that is all a building block. It's not throwing anything away. 
utilizing what you've been given to go to the space and graduate to the starting line of where you need to go. So it's a beautiful, and you know, I'm reminded, you know, this is, this is not a race in life. This is a journey and we are to enjoy each step while we are here. Beautiful. I look forward to talking further about those building blocks a little bit later. But Andre, did you have some questions for Joel? I certainly do. Yeah, Joel, you had mentioned that you really have grown up with the gift of being very aware of the spiritual world around you. Can you get into a little bit more detail as to how you use that connection to help your clients as a shamanic practitioner? For example, during the shows with Renee, we talked about the types of worlds that shamans work in with their spirit entities, referred to as the lower, middle, and upper worlds. Can you get into a little bit more detail about how those work for you? Absolutely. There is a, a limitless amount of resources in the spiritual realm on which we can utilize and stand in the space of reverence through love and compassion. And this is their job. So for us to cheat them and not let them do their job is, is just a dishonor for ourselves, to say the least, since they all walk with us on a daily pace. You know, a lot of the people who come in, they want to either try and open up that connection or go deeper or give a space of offering for all that has been given to them. So working with the lower world, working with the middle world, and working with an upper world, you know, each of those different worlds traditionally hold different spiritual elements. Traditionally, the lower world is more of the animal kingdom, you know, working in the space of nature, you know, Mother Earth, working in, in the elements of listening to the wind, to having power animals. Those particular allies that are really there to teach us and yield us, you know, the door of opportunity. And I find that not only the lower world, it's a real sweet space. It's, you know, I think for some people... Uh, they may have uh, some mis- 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 just communication errors about what the lower world means. Lower world doesn't mean anything other than it's another particular world to really graduate and, and feel. You know, when birds fly by, this is a reminder of the other elements of the lower world. The middle world, for me, is definitely a space in where you can graduate some of the lower world elements into a physical realm on which they can still teach you. And a lot of the guides and the spirits are still here. You know, we have the spirit of the ocean. We have the spirit of the mountain. We have the spirit of the earth. This middle world is a real sacred space because not only do we get the support of the lower world on which the vibration comes from, but we also get this additional beautiful space of the upper world, you know, this angelic ether. You know, the upper world, for me, this is where a lot of your goddesses will live. This is a lot of place where your spiritual realm of the different beings um, that are a higher vibration. And that world where I have learned and studied, it is infinite. It goes on and on from galaxies to galaxies, from star to star. And once you start tuning into that space and then having the opportunity and the gift to support by the lower world and suspend yourself in this middle world, it is a radiant euphoric space, and life is in everything you see. So with that being known and with that key being within, then you can unlock the doors that you need to walk through in this lifetime. 
Wonderful. That's a wonderful description. And I really appreciate how shamans can tap into these worlds and understand the interconnectedness of everything, especially the nature and all the other living creatures around us and how they're also here with us. I think that's one powerful point that you also just made is that we really aren't here alone, that we're surrounded by so many loving, helpful entities that really are at our service. They're so full of love that all we have to do is ask. And it's through gifted practitioners like you that we can do that asking and take those steps. So thank you for that wonderful introduction. And on that note, we are ready for our first break. Thank you everyone for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And I am joined with co-host Yancy Wright. And we're talking to shaman Joel Burrow. And in the next segment, we're going to discuss how Joel works with his clients because work with a shaman can be quite transformative as Yancey and I can attest to. So stay tuned for more great stuff with our special guest. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called WholeTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Host Sandra Malhotra, and today my co-host Yancy Wright, founder and CEO of Alternavita, 
and I are talking to shaman Joel Burrow. And prior to the break, we discussed Joel's evolution as a shaman. And I would like to take a moment to emphasize that shamans engage in extensive study and become certified at the Institute of Shamanic Studies, for example. This is a real gift and a skill. I know when I was first introduced to the shaman I work with and who has appeared on the show, Renee, I felt drawn to work with her but really didn't know why or what to expect. I guess I was just following my intuition. So Joel, the question I have for you is, do you experience a similar thing with your clients? Uh, Do they just feel drawn to work with you but not know why? And if so, how do you help them discover why they showed up? That's funny, Sandra. Yes. A lot of the clients that come to me, I would say more than... 7 out of 10 almost, if we're going to put it down in percentage, clients don't know why they're coming. There is some draw. They've heard something. They've felt something. There's an area in their life they can't see. Many clients come and commonly I hear, I don't know why I come. I don't know why I'm here. Usually it's the higher self is the reason, you know, we're doing things. So the higher self is instinctively knowing what needs to be done and passing that vibration on. And so in the end of the session, it's usually crystal clear to them why they have been called to come or why their higher self has nudged them gently to show up to serve themselves to release or take on. You know, I find that a spiritual awareness that reminds us uh, of ourselves, of our body, of our mind, of our soul, that we can work together and remove the blockage that whatever we have had from listening to our higher self of why we show up to go to see a shamanic practitioner or go to see some other practitioner in the space and other modalities of healing. So quite often I do get that, and I I may see why they are there initially, but it is not my position to tell them of my own projection. This is a space of an invitation that I get to yield with working with the spirits of love and compassion and offer that bridge to them, for them to then decide if they want to stand up spiritually and go to the place where they need to go, so then they can actually do the effortless work where they need to go. Nicely put. And I say the takeaway message from this is that if anyone, if you're hearing that little voice or feeling that little nudge, even if you're not really sure what the outcome will be or why, to go ahead and run with it. I know I'm very glad that I did because as a result of the work that I've done with Renee, my life has been transformed. So it's wonderful. And let's continue on this note. Now, Yancey, you and Joel have worked together quite extensively. So would you like to talk about your personal experiences with a shaman? Sure. Uh, You know, I've actually done work directly with Joel just on a personal level. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we've worked multiple times in uh, in collaboration with retreats. But I'd I'd actually like to bring up an area where uh, it's a little bit new for Joel and something that we've been talking about uh, for a while, which is, you know, relative to, um, you know, the building blocks that he referred to earlier, where everything that he's done in his past, he just uses to continue to build upon. And with all of his years uh, doing um, hairstyling and working in a hair salon, I, <laughs> I came across a YouTube video a while back where there's a, an Indi- a guy in India doing shamanic haircut. And so I passed that on to Joel and, and uh, after a, joking around about it a little bit, we, we actually, um, uh, I actually got to experience his first demonic haircut, and since then he's done several, 
And it, it's ironic because in some ways it's the type of work he's already been doing with many people that he does cut their hair with. So, Joel, I'd love to hear, uh, hear you elaborate a bit more on the process of why this is such a unique offering for you and, and how it's really built on those, those experiences you've already had in life. Thank you, Nancy. It, it is a beautiful modality. Shamanic haircuts, it amplifies your vitality. You know, some brief background about that, uh, the understanding that the hair holds your DNA, the, the DNA within the hair. And when doctors, they want to hear or know or examine something about your health, they take a hair sample. There is so much within the hair. So spiritually, we're always working with the different realms and really trying to work with the DNA of your makeup, your components. Um, sometimes there's a lot of dormant DNA that just needs to be opened up and refreshed as well as uh, letting go of a space. Um, I find that the hair in itself is the antennas of the chakra system. You know, to compare it to an electric cord, when you cut it open, it is exposed, an open energy source. I've been a hairstylist for nearly 20 years, and I've learned to be aware of what subjects I talk about, what vibration is being put out during the cutting of the open of the DNA process. So when we're going into a space just in a traditional haircut, you know, I find that there is definitely a space to hold on when there is an opening up of the DNA because it's a very vulnerable and vital space to be working with. And in the shamanic aspect, you take that to another level. You know, specifically, you know, working with the vibration of what the client's needs are. Sometimes it's to liberate or to remove a vibration. Other times it's to amplify or to manifest a vibration. And specifically working with the moon is optimal. Waning, waxing, full moon, new moon. During the haircut, we work with crystals, stones, rattles, bells, chanting, the singing, acupressure, uh, aromatherapy, drumming. There's definitely a lot of different modalities to work with that space to bring about something or to reduce and cut the chain of habits, whether you're trying to remove and get away from something or whether you're ready to take something on to that next step. So really working with that DNA and putting that vibration within from the antennas down to the root chakra. So with that space, and then afterwards, there's definitely a time to then honor the offering of this hair, the space that we are now no longer needing, removing, or giving, and then taking that and giving that offering to the land or to the water or actually even doing a burning offering and sending the smoke up to the heavens and putting our prayers into that. So it takes it to a, a whole another level for myself, and it's a real beautiful way uh, because I have a lot of clients already who come in and they just got a breakup or they're starting a new job or they're moving to a new place or they want a whole new look. They're already in this shamanic shadow of doing the shamanic haircut. A lot of people just instinctually know they need this space and it's a spiritual space. So why not use that opportunity to really give them that space of grace to go where they need to go? That's really fascinating. Indeed, a magical experience, Joel. Um, do people always get the, the, the length that they want? Do they get the what? The length of haircut that they want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, that's a good question. <laughs> there, are, there are two separate traditional shamanic haircuts that I've been called to serve with. And 
The first one is definitely doing a drumming meditation. You know, before I do any type of work, there's definitely a diagnostic testing where, you know, we go into a drumming meditation, my higher self talks to your higher self, and we put the bridge on what needs to be done and what service can be provided. And particularly, you know, the two haircuts that are offered is one where, you know, people necessarily aren't coming in with a picture. They're not necessarily coming in with uh, an idea of a persona of what they want to look like. They're open in the space of whatever their higher self, whatever their guardians, whatever particular vibration needs to be cut off, that that is what they're open to. And so, yes, there has been some clients that thought they were coming in for a half inch, but they needed to have about eight inches taken off. (laughs) So, and that can open up a whole other wavelength of vibrations to work with thereafter. Yes, now we've cut that off. Now we need to support you with what you have so that you can make the most of what you've got. Other people may come in and think, yes, I want this whole new look, but really, I'm only supposed to take a half-inch off. So it goes both ways. You know, the secondary part is so that we can be open to, you know, what their comfort zone is. I mean, because clearly, I have learned in the spiritual space, yes, it's important to move beyond your comfort, but it's also very vital to take the steps that you need. If your steps need to be three inches at a time, amen. If you're one that you can take, you know, 12-foot steps, amen. There is no good or bad. So... I find that, you know, sometimes initially the first robotic haircut, they want to come in with the picture and they still want the experience and it's not going to take away from that. But then the secondary time they come in, they're kind of ready to turn up the volume. So, Yancy, what was the experience like for you? How did you leave the shamanic haircut? <laughs> well, that's why I asked the question because I don't have a whole lot of hair. And, uh, and honestly... I didn't really specify a length. I, I kind of know better working with Joel. You just kind of, you need to surrender and allow things to happen as they're supposed to. And I'm not too stuck with the length of my hair needing to be a certain way. The experience was phenomenal though. It was, it was a really enriching experience and made what seems like a mundane process of just having your hair cut uh, feel much more like a, a formal ritual of importance and of richness. That's wonderful. I, I had never thought about haircutting in that way before. So this is so eye-opening for me. So thank you both for discussing this. This is wonderful. Now, Joel, one other question for you. Do you find that your shamanic work complements other modalities and even traditional medical treatments? How do you see yourself fitting in with others? Absolutely. I mean, I have clients who definitely come to me and whether whatever particular issues that they're having, there's usually a support staff. And that support staff can be in the middle world or it can be in the other worlds as well. So particularly if they're cancer patients, for one, you know, some of those patients who come, don't stop seeing your doctor. I, I implore you to go see who you need to feel that you need to see. So perhaps the doctor may need to facilitate the care in this particular element of your body. And perhaps the shaman can come in and help facilitate the spiritual space of that body. And so that actually, you know, a lot of people might think that there may be friction, but in actuality, I find a lot of that space can be harmonious. So instead of looking at something as more of a black and white, you know, uh, my teacher, Don Jamie, always speaks to us that we live in the color of the rainbow and that there is nothing black and white. And if you actually look at a rainbow, there is starts with black and it does end with white. 
So within that rainbow is all the harmonious, joyous spaces of different modalities one person can go after and all mix it. Yes, it can be a bit of a soup mix, but I think whatever floats to the top is the medicine that we need. That's that's a really great explanation, and I t- wholeheartedly agree. It, shamanic work really transcends uh, and works well with many other modalities. So it doesn't need to be exclusively this. It can blend very well. So thank you for that description. And that brings us to our next break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And with my co-host for today, Yancey Wright, we're talking to shaman Joel Burrow about his practice and how he works with clients on their personal transformations. Stay close and we'll see you soon for some spiritual insights from Joel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called wholetreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today my co-host, Yancey Wright, founder and CEO of Alternavita, and I are talking to shaman Joel Burrow. And prior to the break, we discussed how Joel works with his clients, and in particular, one very unique offering of his called a shamanic haircut, which sounds really amazing and something that I have to try immediately, (laughs) if not sooner. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, let's take a good look at the shamanic tradition and get into some deep questions with Joel. Yancy, I'll let you discuss Joel's recent trip to Peru, where many shamans reside. So go ahead, take it from there. Joel, I know that you had a fairly lengthy trip recently, and, and this is common. You've been doing many of these trips, uh, and this one took you to Peru, Bolivia, and Ecuador. Uh, I was wondering if you could reflect a little bit upon how there's a much different level of respect for shamanic work in uh, those countries and, and how that differs from the, the way that shamanism is starting to develop here in the United States and uh, begin to either follow a similar path or just be um, a support structure that people are beginning to recognize and respect a lot more. Good question. That is a good question. Definitely in the traditional setting, you know, going to South America, the land of the shaman, this place is over and over, time and time again, this is in everything. The ritual in the face of the shaman, you know, in Peru is, is everybody, not only does everybody know a shaman, but it is a way of life, it is a way of culture. There isn't much hesitation. You know, this is something that in this culture has not been wiped out. It's something that's very supported. And the land and the history behind it. I mean, mainly, you know, you 30% of the world's pyramids are in Peru alone. So going to Peru and serving those temples to learn about the societies that were there, to learn about how those pyramids were even constructed from how many thousands of years ago. You know, they still teach to this day. The vibration did not go anywhere. If anything, it's stronger. So, you know, I find that going to Lake Titicaca and feeling the particular vibration in that water, it, it is probably more vibrant than how it may have been years past. It is definitely increasing. There this And I find that from this powerhouse, this furnace of love and light, this is going to send and continue as been sending shockwaves throughout this planet and other planets as well. So in regards to, you know, America, the United States of America, they're definitely, I mean, the, the native culture here has got a stronghold on the land and it's beautiful. Unfortunately, it hasn't been really protected or honored. And so there's been a lot of lost tradition. And uh, some of that still is very sacred. So there's a lot of space that's being opened up and it's being shared to other people that aren't perhaps Native. So the Native Americans are definitely sharing a lot of their wisdom and their shamanic and medicine way, which is beautiful. And I also find that the bridge between the other spiritual realms and worlds within the middle world are being uh, not only the bridge between them, but they're being open to learn from one another. So the shamanic world, there is definitely a birthing that is happening in different pockets of the globe that for a long time have been dormant. So it's a beautiful way to just see the blossoming of this radiant joy. Do you think that the, the growth of shamanic studies in the United States uh, is pertinent to a particular um, uh, need or do you think it's pertinent more so to uh, the a hunger that people have to look for alternate modalities to connect with their with the spiritual world? Mm. I think both can play a factor, though more often than not, I find that there is a deeper spiritual awakening that is happening, and people are 
thirsty and they need to be quenched by the faith. And a lot of the times, the simplicity of the shamanic realm is just what they need, you know, and still keeping their core values of whatever they grew up in. But in addition to that, take those building blocks and use to the space that will service not only them, their family, their career, and those who came before us and those that will come after us. So it's an awakening of using those spirits as well to this place right now. Interesting. Now, Joel, as you mentioned previously in the first segment, we're not meant to be here on our own. And there's always a loving entourage that walks with us. And that is to say, we're all surrounded by spiritual guides and helpers to assist us in our mission on earth. So as a gifted person who can relate to these, how do you help your clients as well really feel the love and support that surrounds them? Because the feeling of separation and being alone is really an illusion of the ego, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah how, do you, how do you, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, finish it. Okay, no, I was just going to ask, how do you really help them feel that? Because clearly you feel it. You know it's there. On a visceral level, you know it's there. So how do you help your clients really appreciate things that they can't see and touch and feel, but are nonetheless very real? Well, gratitude is the attitude. You know, out of the gate, self-love is the most powerful force we have you know, inside for the thoughts we say and don't say. All are heard by ourselves, and they store many amounts of these thoughts of information that is pumped throughout our whole body. Self-love, I find, that creates that balance of giving and receiving clarity with harmony, peace with our inner world that will create peace in this outer world. You know, a long time ago, our higher self decided to be a specific height, decided what we should look like, specific parents to have specific experiences, all the while there is infinite spirits of love and compassion that walk with us to aid us in our mission while we're here. There are many reasons we don't listen and we disconnect from our heart and play the role of this independent suffering soul, which justifies many of our actions. When we decide to start to listen beyond just our ego, we walk in the vibration of reverence. I find that uh, truly having, you know, the power of listening to love and compassion, removing this isolated self and inviting our spiritual community, this is the space that really opens up that connectivity of knowing that you are never alone. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you want to go, whatever you've been through, you didn't do it alone. You won't do it alone. And This is a space of spiritual community, whether you can tangibly see it with your physical eyes or your spiritual eyes, there is an entourage that walks with every individual person on this planet. That's a very powerful message. And you mentioned uh, in response to the question from Yancey that the shamanic tradition is very prevalent in places like Peru. So if they understand this better about reverence and interconnectedness, and love and self-love, how were their lives different? How was the society different there? Well, <clears throat> I find that uh, simplicity, it's, it's really, it really goes back to simplicity. You know, there, there isn't a lot of, yes, there are bigger cities. There's Lima, for example. But a lot of the other towns that I go to, 
and there isn't drive-through fast food, you know, supersized type of attitude. And I think a lot of time there we can adopt that attitude and that behavior uh, so much so that we start to disconnect in that space of self-love. And you know, there is just going back to simplicity. My teacher, Don Jamie Alvarez Acosta, simplicity, he says, look with no fears, look into your internal world, walk with reverence, and feel the power of your heart. That's it. Sounds simple. And this is a practice on which we try and do. So when I go there, this is what I see wherever I go. That sounds like they also are practicing non-attachment as well, if it's if they're getting back to simplicity, it's also just not feeling the attachment to a lot of things and stuff and power and position and so forth. Is that true? Yes, it is true. I mean, there are definitely places that are more modernized of that thought of thinking of consumption, but the majority of the places that I go, everything is for everybody. There, There is no, this is just mine. This is yours. This is everybody's. Is we, we share together in a community. I mean, to sit with somebody who lives in a hut and has beautiful landscape, organic food that grows, this is their space of wealth. This is what they look as empowered, not particularly what gold is. Gold is decoration. You know, a lot of the power there is working with food and inviting. And these people invite their homes open, rather, for you to come in and just to receive the simplicity of a meal made with love from the land. And once you have that and taste that and it gets inside you, then you start to vibrate that space. So this attachment is not the separation of this is mine. Everybody is for everything. There, There is no mine. This is all of us. This is about the unification. It's beautiful. That does sound beautiful, yes. And Yancy, I remember on the show that you were on in January as a guest, you mentioned that one of the goals from your retreats that you put on at Alternavita is to also teach people to get back, back to simplicity. Is, is that true? Absolutely. I mean, uh, the best model for that is right in front of us, uh, at least if for some of us it's more apparent than others, but it's nature. And Mother Nature, or however you want to refer to it, provides everything we need, and yet we've become so dis- disassociated with that. It provides the water, it provides the food, it provides the fertile soil, it provides the air. And those are the basic things that we need to survive and interact as human beings. And if we just focus on not destroying them and focus more on aligning with them, we wouldn't be uh, ending up in such stressful situations that we find ourselves in. So that simplicity that Jules talking about is is uh, is relative on so many levels. Correct. Sounds yeah, simple, I, right? I yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so simple. Yes, I guess in our advanced complicated society, we need to learn how to loop back and embrace simplicity because ultimately we'll be much more fuller and happier once we do. And so thank you both. That was a really nice discussion. And that brings us to our final break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Balhotra. And I'm sharing this space with co-host Yancey Wright, founder and CEO of Alternavita. And we're talking to shaman Joel Burrow. And in the last segment, we will wrap up with some more big questions for Joel. See you in the few on the flip side. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called WholeTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today my co-host, Yancey Wright, and I are talking to shaman Joel Burrow. And in the previous segments, we discussed how Joel evolved as a shaman, how he helps his clients address situations and grow spiritually, and began talking about the power of love. So, Joel, I'd like to wrap up the discussion about love by asking you how people's lives are transformed when they feel the love that's outside of themselves with the entourage that walks with us, as you mentioned, and also they feel the love inside themselves or the self-love. How, what have you seen in terms of how people live differently once they're really able to embrace these things? That is a beautiful, beautiful space. This is fuel for my shamanic journey. When I get the gift to see and feel when somebody opens up their wings and really envelopes themselves and the love on which they were born with. This is your birthright. Nobody can touch it. Nobody can take it. No matter what happens or doesn't happen, this space is your birthright and you will take it with you wherever you go. There are times, for whatever reasons, we have those blockages that will disconnect us from that space. But when you get that spark of life, that wildfire within the heart, this space here can do so much. And it really, I find, purifies the body, the cells. You know, I find uh, disease and trauma, you know, this space most frequently that I have worked with, you know, it occurs when there isn't a lot of liberation, when there isn't a space of a lot of love, you know. It, and this isn't to compare for those who get something that there's something wrong with them. 
there are some cases that I have worked with that when you're able to give yourself that freedom of liberation of love, you're healing the molecular structure, you're binding the cells, the organs, the body parts. That memory of trauma, it, you know, it's a garden to grow disease if you choose unlove. And from that you know, spiritual working of the spirits of love and compassion, there can be a window of opportunity to invite this peace and harmony to these parts of the body that have had this disease or trauma or have had some issues in the past that have happened where you haven't talked to yourself the way that perhaps you should have. And this really takes it away. I mean, just the blink of an eye, it takes it away. Love is such a healing measure that there is no limit from above and below. The things that you do when you have love, it's almost out of body, but yet you're in control. You're along for the ride, and this is a ride of why part of our mission or why we came here. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to happen to come down with some environmental pollutants that are going to give you some type of disease, but the attitude that you're going to have when you have such things, it's going to be a whole different journey, and it's not going to be a race. Joel, uh, I, I was actually just on the phone with someone that was at the last retreat and uh, telling them that I was just about to jump on the radio show with you. And he, he said something that I, I want to share. And he basically said, well, tell him. I mean, he probably wasn't planning on me telling you on the radio. But <laughs> he said, tell him that I, I think of him and visualize his calming energy before going to sleep. And it's really helped me rest in a more peaceful way. And, mm. and so what this brings me to is a question of how, how is it that, you know, imagine someone's listening to this show that's never worked with a shaman before and, and, and explain a little bit about how it is that you would work with them, whether remotely by phone or in person, uh, and, and just walk them through just a little bit of what that experience would be like. Well, in person, there's a space of, Definitely connecting uh, in the higher self in both parties and really deciphering why they came and what particular areas that I can open that bridge of facilitation for them to do the work. I just open up a bridge and get to be able to produce that vibration that supports them in the work they need to do. It's not that I do the work. It's that I open up a space for them to see where they need to go. And, you know, versus working long distance, the difference is that you still are being able to remotely speak on a spiritual level. You know, some of the work that I do with clients over the phone, you know, over Skype for that matter, is definitely still tapping in to that spiritual realm because whether you're in person or whether you're across the world, that spiritual time, that space does not change. So remotely working is a beautiful way of being able to do you know, that spiritual work that needs to be done without the limits of this traditional middle world time. So the spiritual world time can be done when you get up in the morning. It can be done perhaps, you know, as you go to bed. So there's definitely some difference with that space. The hands-on work is definitely useful, as is working remotely. They both, I think, not only complement one another, but depending on where you need to grow or what you need to let go, there's going to be a particular vibration that's going to serve your soil to grow what you need to harvest in the future. 
because of the nature of this work and its depth, do you ever find or have you had experiences where you had to actually turn away a client because they just weren't ready or, or they thought they were ready, but when it came time for them to actually need to do the work, they just couldn't show up? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, definitely we're human, and God bless that, because we need this for whatever learning experiences we go through. And there's no judgment. There are definitely people that I've seen, and they have a lack of connection. And this space is something that they have to find the right vibration that's going to help them, or it's a space of timing where they aren't quite ready to really have self-love. And I can work with people, though if they don't want to work with themselves, I'm not going to utilize the vibration of the spirits of love and compassion and direct it to something that can't utilize that space for themselves. Most of the time, I can work with people. Um, however, there are absolute times where I see they're just not ready. And, in fact, you know, I may have some clients come, and they'll have a laundry list of things that they want spiritually done, but none of them is, some, is anything I can do. And perhaps there simple thing that I need to do is we need to just go sit in a meditation space and learn how to talk to the root of a tree to see the foundation of the root system and then the system that lives within the tree and being able to see the space between the leaves and being able to really comprehend that opening within them that's actually here in this nature space. And then once that work can be done, then we can build off of that. But that may take a year. That may take a lifetime. Um, that's not really up to me, it's up to them. So, yes, there are times I don't like to tell people no, but it's not about me. I, I don't do this work for Joel. I do this work for the spirits of love and compassion, and Joel just gets to reap the lovely benefit. On that note, if and you're referencing yourself in, in multiple terms, I'm curious, Joel, has there been a, a, has there been a point, or can you share at least one story of, where you run into your own challenges of the earthly Joel uh, that you say this isn't about that person versus the spiritually guided being that you that you are or represent as well. Can you talk a little bit about that that dichotomy? Yeah, it is a really interesting dichotomy. You know, I have had the wonderful opportunity to really work with the ego of I'm. Uh, Joel, Joel has an ego too. We all are born with egos. And egos aren't a bad thing. They're a wonderful teacher because they really guide us on where we need to see and where we don't need to see. And I find being the observer is the space of simplicity instead of being the driver or fighting the ego, which fuels it, mainly being the observer of the ego so that it can teach me what to do or what not to do. So definitely in the shamanic space, the ego is put to the side because you're tapping into this other channel and there is no ego in love because it's that pure in that space. So I know when I'm not in that is when the voice of the ego arises that there is a space of separateness from Joel, who I am, and the spiritual realm that is purity of the vitality of love and grace. That's wonderful, Joel. Thank you. And that is all the time that we have for our show today. So I'd like to thank you, Yancey, for being a wonderful co-host. This was really a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Joel, for sharing your amazing insights with us. It was such a pleasure and a blessing to have you on the show today to share your wisdom. Thank you as well. 
Bless you, Sandra. I appreciate the vibration on which you participate, not only individually, but in the community base for the work that needs to be done that we all need to hear. So I bow to you in a space of compassion for all the work that you do and continue to do. And Mr. Yancey Wright, we thank you for all of the compassionate work that not only you've done, that you continue to do, but the invitation that you continue to give others to rise to this vibration as well. So I bow to you and say thank you for this as well. Thank you, Joel. That's beautiful. We really appreciate everything that you share with us today. And next week on the show, we will have another co-host, Nathan Phillips, General Manager of Catalina Offshore Products. And we will also have Dave Rudy, founder of Catalina Offshore Products, and Michael Clayton, founder and CEO of Trace and Trust. And we will discuss their work in the areas of sustainable fishing and agriculture, really working with nature to provide food for us. These gentlemen are doing great work. So join us to learn more. Until then, let's scoot over to Twitter at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm.